Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and Score North. Conduits of Trouble Time with Zolgad and Star Tribune sports columnist extraordinaire, my buddy Chip Scoggins. Chipper, what's going on this Wednesday as we uh, as we talk? I love afternoon baseball, and I love modern baseball where Mitch Garver's leading off. <laughs> so, I know. The line of construction is so foreign to what we grew up on in baseball, isn't it? Well, and like a rise is the prototypical guy there. Sure. So like yeah. that looks normal. And then it's like, eh, you know, now we're going to try Mitch Garver. And it's like, huh? <laughs> but yes, you're right. It is. Um, if, if the people that, that um, um, were baseball fans, you know, in, in your days of watching the Braves on TBS, right? Yeah. Like if, if they were just transported from 1982 to now, they'd be like, what sports yeah, what is this? this? Yeah, what, what sports this? What well, is funny because, like last year when the rise was hitting, you know that that I think I wrote a column. It's like, well, this is, you know, he's like the ideal uh, leadoff guy. When you just put him there, and they're like, why would you take Kepler out in the home run right off the bat? You know, it's just, um, and I understand that philosophy too. It's, it's nice to be up one nothing after one hitter, um, but it is it is interesting how just. Well, one, the line of construction, but also how many different lineups they have. Remember back in the Braves? You can almost name it. Yes. Before, they, but before the game, I could tell you who's one through nine, how, how it was going to be, and it just rarely changed, right? Yes. Um, and now it's you know, there's just so much matchups and <laughs> yeah. Murph, things they look at. Yeah. Murph did, did not get a, a lot of Rocco's rest and recovery. <laughs> Bob Horner did not get rest in her car. Bob Watson. Bob they could have used it, yeah. They didn't yeah. say, Bob, you know what? You're not going to play t- t- today. Why? Rest and recovery day for you, Bob Horner. Yeah, it is It is amazing. Um, I assume that stems from just all the different things Rocco went through as a player and just personal feelings about how it should be done, that he's carried into the manager's role. But it's, you know, it's maddening sometimes, you know. Um I mean, obviously he has a rhyme and reason for it, but um, he he's going to put player health and player rest over anything else. Yeah, and I, I think it's him, but I also think it's it's the approach to th- that sort of proves statistically how guys do with rest and sure. like the studies that these teams do now in baseball is remarkable, all sports. But you know how how much they think at least 
that the studies show them what guys need as far as as you know sleep goes, as far yeah. as you know if you play uh, five consecutive games as opposed to four or five, what that means. I mean, it's just a different world as far as processing information from the box score days. You know, where we we get a bowl of cereal chip. And sure. uh, pour some flakes and be like, oh, man, look at that guy went three for four last night. <laughs> so do you, do you think – and I don't study everybody's roster day-to-day. Um, is Rocco in the, the extreme end of that, or do you think this is pretty much throughout baseball, the rest and recovery to this extreme? I'm guessing that he might be at the extreme end, but I'm guessing that there are teams that are pretty close. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, it seems like everybody, you know – um, there's trends that everybody follows, whether it's, you know, relievers or – launch angle or whatever, you know. Um, so I, I I don't doubt that. You know, I'm sure this is probably the new age thing that rest and recovery. I mean, we saw it in the NBA already, you know. I mean, it's yes something they've been doing for a while. But um, I do think the sleep and the rest has become a big part of pro sports. Oh, it's not huge. NFL. Not NFL, obviously, because you only have 16 games. But I think right. the, other, the other three for sure. It's huge now. Yeah. So explain this. Because he's going to be, on July 1st, 41 years old. <laughs> How is Nelson Cruz still so damn good? And, like, there's no – what here's here's the weird thing, Chipper. I don't see a cliff. Like, I keep waiting no. for the cliff and just gradual signs, right? Not not so he doesn't fall off the cliff, but I just yeah. keep waiting for, oh, you know, that. okay, that that's a sign. And you don't see it. No, I think it probably has to be genetics and also his work in the off season. I mean, we've seen the videos of how much he works in the off season, just working out and hours upon hours at the field and in the weight room. So I assume that's a big part of it, just how he takes care of his body. And I've heard of, you know, we've heard him uh, talk about his diet. And so obviously he pours a lot into that, but I mean, every pro athlete works hard, right? We we see, I mean, that's, so I think there's probably just, I mean, he's just a different guy, you know, I mean, you expect the bat speed to slow down or the timing or just your age start to catch up with you. And so far, I mean, like you say, it's going to be 41 this summer and it's, you see nothing, you no. see no deterioration, no decline at all. You I mean, know, he's Brady like in yeah, that sense, he's, you know, cause I look Ortiz was damn good till his last day of playing. Right. Yeah, but, like, yeah. he could barely get the first base. Like, there were mm-hmm. signs that, okay, he's still really, really good at the plate. And I'm not saying that Cruz is, is a speedster. But, like, you watch Cruz play, and there's no – he's clearly limping to first base, right? I mean, there's none yeah. of that. No, and do you, how much do you factor that he doesn't have to play a position, too, Judd? Oh, it's huge. Care of, of possibly that, too. I mean, it's huge. Yeah, granted, it's not like you're playing NFL when you're standing out in the first base or whatever. Um, but it's, you know – it is more physical activity that you're you're not having to do. He just he's just hitting you know three or four times a game. So um, I assume that probably has some part of it too, maybe a small part. I don't know. All right, here's a question for you. Mm-hmm. And I honestly I I say this with no bias, and I don't know how I feel. Byron Buxton, okay? Yeah. Like when you see the signs. When he's yeah. and like right now at the plate, he is dialed in. Like this is what we have been waiting for. Yes. Uh, but yet he all already got yanked from the game on Sunday against the Brewers because he, he had the flu or something like that. Uh, the point being is he's missed time, mm-hmm. and he's missed so much time that it's very hard. 
Well, like you feel foolish to get excited because there's always something that goes wrong. But, yeah. but that being said, where should we land with him? Because yeah. if he's healthy, Chip, if if he can play, and we we talked about this on Mackie and Judd, if he can play, let's say, between 130 and 150 games, mm-hmm. I, I think he is a top three in baseball game changer. Yeah. Like he changes everything. Yeah, it's funny. I'm writing a column on him for tomorrow for the opener. And so in just a week, the first week of the season, we've seen him miss – not be able to start one game and, and miss parts of two others, the Sunday one and yesterday. He came back and hit a home run. But we've also seen him hit the farthest home run in his career and the hardest hit ball of his career. Yep. And so now you're Derek Falvey and Thad Levine, and you have to give him a contract, which they, they began the process of spring training. Buxton you know, acknowledged during spring training. So his, his agent met with him. What do you do? <laughs> That's what I'm asking you. Like, what do you I, do? Well, it's funny. I mean, this is this is one of the trickiest ones I've seen because, you know, there's part of you that says, well, there's no salary cap in baseball, so who cares what you what you pay him? <clears throat> okay. Did anybody bitch about uh, Joe Maurer's contract? So, yep. yes, of okay, course, that, that became the thing. Yep. And, and so um, you obviously want to return on your investment, and you're right. Judd, his ceiling is MVP caliber, right? I mean, his when he's playing at his best, if he's healthy – now that he's added power to his game. I was looking at stats. I mean, those first two years, 15, 16, he was striking out 31% of the time. And that's come down to, I think, low 20s now. Um, obviously, he's hitting home runs and hitting the ball a lot harder. His line drive or hard hit ball his percentage has jumped way up. And so he's found something at the plate. Um, and so he's become an all-around player. Now, this is, like you said, this is what everyone envisioned, like, the power, the speed, the defense, everything. But how do you how do you account for the injury history and just the risk that you have there when you're giving him a contract? I, I it's it's tricky. I don't know what the answer is. But and I'm just t- talking about too the excitement about if this guy can play, the yeah. ultimate difference that he makes um, on the base paths with his power now in in the outfield. Like there's just so many things that this guy brings to a game. That can that can change the outlook almost by himself at times. Uh, well, yeah, that it can that it could be incredible, but you feel but you feel stupid being excited, Chip, because you know we've been excited before, and yeah, there's always something. Well, I just think you you know going in that it, there's going to be points where it's going to be stoppage, right? I mean, it's going to be. I think it's just at this point it's become so frequent that you just expect it, you know. So I think it's. You appreciate it for what you're watching because I, I mean, I mean, you said 140 games. Boy, I, yeah, if he plays 140. They would, you know, they're they're, uh, you know, they're just so much different as a team when he when he's in there. You know, he makes them infinitely better with his, you know, just everything: defense, running the bases. Um, so, I, yeah, I mean, he's he's one of the game's most dynamic players right now. I would think. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's fair to get excited and fun to watch him, but you also know, okay, there's probably a pretty good chance that there's an injury right around the corner, too. <laughs> That's the problem. Uh, yeah. Wolves, Delo's D- back, uh, mm-hmm. but here's my here's my assessment to you. Uh, he's back, and that's great, and and hopefully now we get a chance to see what he looks like playing beside Cat for an extended period of time because I think they're now, after beating Sacramento, I think those two now together since uh, 
He was obtained from Golden State in that trade or at uh, six games played together, which is remarkably low. But <laughs> but here's my take. I really believe this, too. I believe that if the Wolves are going to, in the next couple of years, achieve the success that, that we hope that they can, that this is going to be way more of the cat and ant show. And D'Lo <laughs> might be part of it, and he might play a role, but I really think for a kid that's 19 and brings what what Ant does, not consistently yet, but also on and off the court, that this is going to be uh, Cat and Ant as your one-two, and and D'Angelo can play an important role and a supporting role, but I don't think this is going to be the Cat and D'Lo show. No, and I, I wrote that uh, a couple weeks ago when it when it came back that um, you know you're going to be adding Russell and Beasley too. To the mix, and you had at the time those four players: Towns, Edwards, Russell, Beasley. Those four players ranked in the top thirty-three in the NBA in shots per game. And so it's like, okay, no, something has to give here. <laughs> you know, that's that's not going to work. Somebody's got to take a step back and have a secondary role. And, and my point was like, sorry, but I wouldn't sacrifice anything over over uh, Edwards's development at this point. Like, right. His his upside is so much higher than those other two, and you need to be all in on – and this is – he had a couple of bad games, really, right back-to-back, back, and I was like, and that's part of it. You have to let him – you can't get discouraged by his bad games because there's going to be those. You need to be encouraged and say, okay, but look when he plays really well um, what you have. And so I agree, and, and you know, the, the thing is, is okay, is Russell going to be okay with that and his salary and, and where, how he views himself and ego – and the other thing I, I look at, Judd, is if, if they somehow the 40% land one of those top three picks, I'm sorry, I'm taking either Jalen Suggs or Caden uh, Cunningham, Caden mm-hmm. Cunningham and, and I'm taking a point guard and trying to move Russell at that point. Because mm-hmm. um, if you were to get one of those two point guards and you say, okay, I got that point guard with Anthony Edwards and Towns, that that's your three. That's That's your three guys right there. And so – I mean, they obviously want to see how this experiment looks, but it, it was interesting. We had that – oh, it was after the trade deadline when I wrote that, the day of the trade deadline. They did nothing. And um, Gerson said, you know, we just – we didn't make any trades because we, we need to see this nucleus together. We haven't even seen our best two players together. And he didn't name them, but it was obvious what he was talking about. And so I'm like, well – I don't think Gerson is there yet at all. I think he still considers this the, the Towns and Delos uh, thing, and then everyone else fits in. And I, I don't know. I mean, long term, I, I think I would, if especially if you get that top three pick, I would be looking for a new point guard. What intrigues me about Ant Chip is this: he's a kid still. I mean, he is a he yeah. is a kid. Um, he has a factor to him that that is very tough to have, and and. I know it's a non-statistical thing as well, but the way that teammates gravitate towards him uh-huh. and, and like uh-huh. these zooms where he, where he goes on with, you know, cat or with Beasley. Yeah. Um, I can't tell you how impressed I, I am for a kid that age to do that. And for adults basically to gravitate towards him. Um, that's a factor that you can't just say you have, like you can't go into a room and we, we've t- talked about this before. You know, you can't go into a locker room and say, mm-hmm. I'm Aunt Edwards, and you're all going to love me, <laughs> and we're all going to do And here's what we're going to do. Guys will say, get yeah. lost. You either have it 
or you don't. And a lot of people don't, and that's absolutely fine. But that's what intrigues me about him is he's got a yeah. he's got a personality and a package about it, about him um, on and off the court that yeah. a lot of Timberwolves have not had. And you know what? In fairness, because he's a very good player, but Cat doesn't have that. Yeah. Well, he one he has the confidence of just you know endless supply. Obviously, um, the way he plays and carries himself, but it's also like that youthful joy. Like he, you know, you can tell just how much fun he has playing. And that organization has lost so much and had so much nonsense go on yep. that you, you could see where it just drained the joy right out of it. <laughs> you know, when you just constantly lose and you're, you know, you feel, it feels hopeless. Um, and then, you know, along comes this rookie who just, you know, carefree and loves to play and has this magnetic personality where, even Rubio's talking about, you know, some of the veterans have been around and seen a lot talking about how unique he is and how funny he is to be around. So I agree. I mean, that's, and then you, then you match that up with, obviously he's got tremendous skill and upside. Um, and so, it, yeah, that's, that's the kind of guy you want to build around because you feel like he's going to really work hard to try to be great. Now, you know, he's been awful defensively. He's got to learn that part of the game. Um, sure. offensively, you know, he needs to shoot more efficient and become a better outside shooter, but he can score, um, defensively, he's got a lot of work to do, but I think he has to drive to be great, you know, and wants to be great. And so that's the kind of guy you want to build around. I just, I just see so much higher upside with him than you do, um, you know, with Russell or, or Beasley or whatever. So, um, yeah, I mean him and him and Cat. I mean we we've seen when those two get. I mean, I, I, you know, Gerson said it's not sustainable, and it's obviously true, probably. But when they both scored forty at Phoenix that night, that was something else. You know, I mean, you're talking about one of the better teams in the NBA, and uh, oh, did Buxton just come up hobbling a little bit there, running the bases? I did not see that. Uh, uh, you know, he it. Chipper. He I, I saw him run up, but. It looked like he just didn't really leg it out too oh, okay. much. I think he's okay though. I, I didn't notice him come up hobbling necessarily. <laughs> but no. his, you know, his normal, his, his to normal. Point, to yeah. our point, yeah, he just kind of pulled up slow as he got the first. Yeah, part he was out by a long way. Yeah, I just yeah. got a note from somebody who saw the same thing. Jake De- Depew really? just said the same thing via text. He saw him run slowly. Oh boy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, well we will monitor. It's a podcast, so we'll know more. But um <laughs> yeah, that's just no, that's not good. But yeah, I would I would totally build I mean Townsend my my one and one A would be Townsend Edwards at this point, but I don't think the organization is there and I don't think they will know that until they get to the end of this year and have more games with, with Russell in there to know kinda which way they go. Chip Scoggins, you, you moved uh here when? Two thousand? Yeah, January of two thousand, January one. Okay. If if a year in to your time um, here, I had come to you and told you in 2021, Chip Scoggins, mm-hmm. the the final fours, plural, not just one, the final fours mm-hmm. are going to have two players from in in the men's and women's from the state of Minnesota who are going to be absolutely critical uh, pieces of teams, and I mean star like talent in 2001. What would you have told me? Yeah, I would say very unlikely. Now, you know, we had, you know, when I got here, Jake uh, Jake Sullivan was, you know, a big-time player, went to Iowa State, and Adam Boone um, was going to North Carolina. Um, so, you know, he was a nationally ranked guy. I think he had North Carolina and Duke and 
Um, was it Horvath that was going to Duke a couple year later? Nick Horvath. So I mean, we we had we didn't have like the Tyus Jones or the Jalen Suggs or Paige Beckers, you know, um, number one players in the class in the entire nation. The Chet Holmgrens, we didn't have that. And it, but it is amazing how much this state has really um, just developed and multiplied in terms of the number of great basketball players that are coming out of here. I mean, it's, it is staggering. Um, and you're talking about two decades yep. and it really goes back to, I did a, I guess it's been about, was it 2017, like 17 or 18. I did a, uh, a project just on how basketball has changed in the state and become the state of basketball. And it, um, we were just so far behind the curve on, on AAU basketball. And I think I told you a story where Jim Pete, you know, he went to McDonald's all American game and no, he knew nobody. They didn't know him because he wasn't allowed to compete in AAU stuff back then. And then the state high school league changed the rules and allowed kids to play in events in the summer outside of the state. And so the floodgates opened for AAU. And I mean, you just look at it now. I mean, it's crazy how good basketball is in the state and, you know, you had Jalen doing that and hit a shot that's going to be iconic along with, you know, the Christian Leitner shot. And, I mean, Paige Beckers basically won every player of the year award as a freshman. Yep. Um, first time that's ever happened. And and now, you know, Chet Holmgren's the number one player. And I assume he's going to go to Gonzaga. That seems to be the general consensus by the re- recruiting guys. So it's um, – and the pipeline keeps coming. There's – I mean – Really good juniors in this state too, led by Trey Holloman. I mean, we're gonna have a, a number of high Division One players come out here next year again. That Sug shot and that game was absolutely oh. fantastic. I, I mean, there are not I, I'd say in the men's game now there are not exactly a plethora of great uh, college games. That mm-hmm. game was fantastic. Yeah, that was one of the better ones you're gonna see in a long time. And and the shot was great, obviously, um, but. To me, the more impressive one was the block in that bounce pass. To, it was, you know, I think four minutes left, and he gets the block at the rim from behind, chases down the ball in the, in the loose ball in the corner, takes two or three dribbles, and off the bounce, throws a bounce pass full length baseball court through defenders with some spin on to a guy for uh, for a dunk. I mean, that was that is as good a sequence as you're going to see in basketball, and just high level, both those things you know, for a guard to be able to do that was incredible. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny. I mean, I wrote a column on Jalen when he was a junior year, I went and saw him play and, and he was talking about, think about this Judd at the time he had basketball offers from Kansas and Gonzaga and football offers from Ohio state and Georgia. And the Duke coaches were called basketball coaches were calling him all the time. And <laughs> Nick Saban was calling him. And he went down and visited Nick Saban. And it's like, think about that. <laughs> wow. Athletes could say that. But um, but at the time, like, this is when he was a junior. And I wrote, he's like, yeah, this guy looks like a one-and-done type player. He's that physically different skill-wise and just athleticism than everybody he's playing in high school. That you know, Because he had talked about, yeah, maybe I want to play. I wouldn't mind playing both football and, and basketball in college. And that would be kind of cool to see if he could pull it off. But obviously – when you're one and done and you're going to make millions, I mean, the the choice is pretty obvious. Top pick, do you think? Eh, I think Cunningham probably still goes one. Um, he's just, I mean, he's terrific, too. I mean, he's 
dynamite talent. So I think he probably still goes one. I think Jalen, you know, it depends on who, how the order goes and what they need, but um, two is probably Mobley, right, from USC. And then I would say Jalen, probably. I think he's, at, at worst, the number three pick. Um, you know, and it's it's interesting because um, let's say the NBA gets rid of the one and done, which I think they're going to do, right? Um, yes, yeah. Does Jalen, is he a top three pick coming out of high school? Did he benefit from going to play at Gonzaga a year in terms of his draft status? I would, I would probably, I would argue yes. Yeah, I would agree with you. I, I think yes. Um, you know, he could have gone to the G League and made, you know, I don't, a couple hundred thousand dollars. I don't know what those guys get paid, but I assume it's a couple hundred thousand. Would he have been the third pick if he had done that? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, so, you know, I think there is sometimes when you play at those high level and, and you, you get to develop and play against really good competition in college, I think there is some benefit for that that you can actually improve your, you know, kind of your draft stock. No, that that's prob- That's true. Um, and I'll, I'll be curious to see this G League thing, uh, Chip, where this goes, if more kids start to choose that as an outlet for a year as opposed to college. Uh, but I would guess if I would guess if college, um, yeah, I don't know. It's if I could get paid and play in a high league, I think that's where, where we're going. Which is why I'm very curious to see what yeah. college basketball does to remain financially competitive. Yeah, I, what is there like two or three guys? Is it was it Jalen Green? Is that the kid's name is doing? It? I think there's two or three guys doing it this year that you know are spending a year there. And, and- Holmgren talked about it, right? He's talked about going to, yeah, to the G yeah. League. And I think there's rumors that Jalen might consider it too. Um, you know, I mean, I think it's if you're one of those players, if you're a top 10 player, I think you probably have to look at it, right? I mean, if they're going to pay you $300,000 yes. to play a year of basketball. I mean, and I don't have to go to classes. I don't have to worry yeah. about anything. Yeah, I, I just don't see. And, and look, college sports, you know, especially, obviously, football and basketball, they make so much money on the backs of these kids, at, mm-hmm. and they're a professional entity. Like, they're on national t- TV. Everything about them screams professional. And for you to have to, you know, go to school, which one, you're not in school to go to school. For basically a semester. Yeah, and a then. A semester and a half, yeah. And, not, and to get paid on, under the table if you do get paid. You know, if you could give me a competitive league that's going to pay me, like you said, you know, two fifty or something like that, mm-hmm. I'm probably going to take that. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if this uh, NIL legislation is going to happen. It's going to go through either NCL do it or Congress will make them. They'll be compelled to do it. How that changes it? Because I, um, so when I did that big Paige Becker's story when I was down at the Final Four last week, um, so Paige Becker's. Joe, when you combine her Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok accounts, she has over a million followers, which is it's crazy, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, she has 750,000 on Instagram. So the, the name, image, and likeness is the big thing, and that's kind of what I've always supported that, you know, if a local car dealership wants Tanner Morgan or Gable Stevenson or whoever to be on a billboard or be in a local TV commercial, you know, they would get paid for it. They could do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the kind of the new frontier, I don't know if it's new, but new to me because I'm old, but um, that these companies see huge advertising potential off social media. And I talked to this guy who owns a company, he started it, it's called Open Doors. Okay. And they, and they help athletes um, who have basically 
monetize their brand on social media. And he, he so I talked to the guy, and he, they have this calculation. They study endorsements over 10-year periods, and so they can assign a value to um, based on how many followers you have. And I guess, you know, because you see these influencers or whatever, and it's just based off. I mean, we see it with, with Kirk Cousins every now and again. Won't he, you know, he'll just drop in a, hey, I had a great sleep last night on my sleep number, and here's what yes. it was. And you're like, that, that, that's that, odd. Yep, see that a lot. He's making a lot of money off that. Mm-hmm. And so this open doors guy, he said he, he punched in Paige Becker's, her Twitter and her Instagram. And it was, you know, 750, 800,000 followers. And he said, you know, I'll give you a hypothetical. If Wilson Basketball wants Paige Beckers to, you know, tweet out, do one tweet and one Instagram saying, hey, I, I use Wilson Basketball, you should do it, whatever. That she should, he punched it in his little calculation. He said, that should be worth $23,892. I'm like, what? He's like, no, I mean, people think that's phony and people roll their eyes, but I'm telling you, that's what the value is for these athletes. Yeah. Um, and so I think once that passes, that NIL legislation, I think it, I'm not saying it's going to make, you know, people just skip the NBA doing a one and, you know, not doing a one and done because you can make more money there. But I think it is going to be progress in the right direction where athletes should be able to make money off their, well, you know, their popularity. And if you know, you're good, just, and if you're a star or you're good, like pages, mm-hmm. then you should make more. Like there's no fair here. Like if I am the third point guard at, at UConn and I play with Paige and she can make, um, X amount, like you just talked about, and I can't, that mm-hmm. that shouldn't be a line in the sand of, well, that's not fair there. I mean, th- it, it's all a business and there, you know, there are, there have been, and there are plenty of adults who have benefited for a long time. So if, yeah. if five kids can, they should. And that's what, and, and I know they always come back is like, Hey, you know, these, these guys get full ride scholarships, which not every athlete does, but yes, the, the ones that would be getting those primarily would do. But, um, but to me, that's just not that argument doesn't hold weight anymore. And and this is kind of from somebody who who pays one college tuition. I'm gonna have two next year, um, and I get it. I mean, here's the thing: if a local company, my daughter's a sophomore in college, if a local company wanted her to be in a commercial, she could do it and get paid for it. If that same local company wanted a Kansas basketball player to be in a commercial, they couldn't. Yep. Well, why is that fair? Because they made the rules and the rules are silly. I mean, and that's the thing about it is, and and what drives you crazy is, at least in in Division One, it is a professional sport. So yeah, let, yeah. yeah. So like, let's get over this whole thing. I, I mean, this is always at the end of the day, this has always been about the most powerful adults pocketing as much as they possibly can. Yes. Um. And and, and that's I, where and we got to call it. Yes. Yeah. And hiding behind oh, yeah. Like 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 that's going to ruin. That's that's my thing. It's like okay. Gable Stevenson, great personality, unbelievable wrestler. He's going to be in the Olympics for the Gophers. If he were to get a couple of endorsement deals, right? Do you think the entire college sports empire is going to fall to ashes? Of course no, not. No, no one's going to care. But the thing about it, Chip, to me is look, look at this, okay? Um, and the NC two A is guilty of this at every turn. The more pious that your people act, the more that they're trying to hide what they're doing. Yes. And the NC2A is incredibly pious. Like, yeah. you know, like don't question what we're doing. Okay, yeah. you're and hiding something. It's it would be di- it would be different if they would open their books and say we are ta- you know what? You think we're rich, we're taking a bath. But you're not. Well, and the thing that drives me crazy is just this, you know, it's amateur sports and they're doing it for the, you know, that's what makes it so great as amateur sports. 
meanwhile, the NCAA deal with with uh, CBS and Turner for the basketball term isn't like eighteen billion dollars. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's total it's BS. Like, Come on, man. Yep. I mean, let's, let's, it's amateurism when it's convenient, so they can avoid letting uh, athletes have a slice of the pie. And you know, meanwhile, ads are making you know a million dollars a year, and coaches are making eight million dollars. Football coaches are making eight million. I mean, so everybody can pocket from it, but the, the you know the workforce, for lack of a better word, yep. you know. Um, so I, that's why I and, and and but you know I will say this: I don't know how you would. People say you should pay them salary. I don't know how that would work. I honestly don't. Um, well, I think that I I think the starting point, in fairness, should be if you're a star and you can do what you just talked about. Okay, yeah. if you can benefit from who you are, they can't stop you. That's that's where I think that's where it should be. But I don't. But I'm and I and you know what? If you love sports, like if you are a backup forward on the Gophers, okay, and you're mm-hmm. a basketball player and you're pretty good but nobody really cares, but you love to play and you get a scholarship and that's it. That's fine too. Like we're, we're way too, the, the people that run this hide beat beat behind, well, we can't pay everybody, which I agree with. I don't even care about that. But if I'm a superstar and I'm going to come play for you and I'm going to, you know, Paige Beckers is making UConn money and she's Mm -hmm. making the NC two a a lot. Um, she should benefit. And and if you tell me that's not fair, I'm going to tell you I don't care it's not fair. That's, well, that's the difference. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. It's like, I mean, who determines what fair is? You know? a, bunch mean, of, a bunch of people who are trying to keep as much of the income as they possibly can. That's what it is, yeah. And just, I mean, Mark Emmert, the NCAA president, just his, his leadership has been so weak and, you know. Well, and they got, you know, the, the, the women's, uh, basketball, stuff the women's just, basketball stuff, they got caught. Yeah, and then they're like, "This how shouldn't have." Ted, how did they know that that was going to come out? Because they think you're stupid. They think we're stupid, and they don't understand. They don't get that kids today have changed, and that mm-hmm. and that the kids are not going to abide by their. You know, I'm sure they had probably something that said, you know, no pictures or something, right? Like they thought sure. that's going to protect us. Um, what they don't get though is that kids today are far more empowered, and they should be good yeah. for them. And so they got caught. And then they try and act like, well, this was uh, oversight. You know, we're sorry. You're not yeah. sorry. You tried to do this on the cheap because you're trying to pocket as much as you can. Like, I yeah. would far prefer that that Emirate and his cronies just come out and say, look, here's the deal. We are as greedy as greed can be. <laughs> and we're sort of crooked, too. But we don't care. We're, we, we, are, we are going home rich. Um, yeah. that, would make, that would make way more. I would say, oh, okay, cool. At least you're being honest about. It. I mean, to come back and say the space wasn't big enough when it was, or of course this was just temporary. No, it wasn't. This is what you were given, and you just you either thought people wouldn't notice or people wouldn't care, and both are bad. But you're right. Yeah, it's just. I mean, the greed there is it's absurd, and I don't know. Um, I think. You know, the NIL is going to happen, although they're dragging their feet. I don't know why they, they're waiting so long. Um, and I'm sure there's going to be loopholes. I was talking to somebody with the school, and they're like, okay, let's say you're a Nike, and I don't know if it will happen, but, you know, let's say your your school has a contract with Nike. But Adidas, you know, what if Adidas wanted Paige Beckers to, you know, do a commercial or, or be a, you know, a spokesperson, would she be allowed to if her school was Nike? Yeah, probably not, but I don't know. I mean, that's 
But then does she get a cut from the contract with Nike? Uh, like that's what I. That's where you would need to come to a compromise. That yeah, that's where it could, that's where it could get like you know complicated because I think they're going to have all these. You know, they're going to have all these provisions in there to try to screw over the athletes. Of course um, they are. It's how so, they work. But but I, 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 my guess is that's why they're dragging their feet. But it's going to happen. I mean, I think it'll happen. You know, sometime in the next twelve months, and it, it should. I mean, it's just long overdue. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. All right, Chipper. Thanks much. I'll talk to you next week, okay? All right, brother. All right. Take care. Bye. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Right now, get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton Tread. Accessories like non-slip grip resistance bands, a heart rate monitor, yoga blocks, and more. Take your workout to the next level with Peloton, motivation that moves you. Hurry, this limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access memberships separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.